All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to the World on Drugs podcast. I am your host, Steve Fury. If you're watching on the YouTubes, you can tell I'm at my parents' guest uh, room right now. Used to be my room. You know, it's always an interesting thing when you go back to your old room. It's like, what have you done? Where are the beanbags and the mini fridges that I, I left aground for you to follow a road for this room? It should be large posters, torn at the corners, because I have used them since I was 10 years old. It should be a large beanbag, small couch, bed pushed up against the wall, large old school Mitsubishi TV that's 250 pounds and far too large for the room. And there should be weed hidden somewhere, probably in a book that I carved out. Yeah, so if you're looking on the... um YouTube's you can see that uh, it looks like I'm making a hostage tape from <laughs> my parents uh guest room. Yeah, so this episode is about the Bahala Nah gang, the BNG baby. You've heard me talk about it last week, I think. I don't know, I'm pretty sure. Oh, at last week. Actually, no, you're just going to keep going. This is the Bahala Nogging. Um, I'll be talking about the BNG, baby, a Filipino street gang that emerged immediately after World War II as hardened criminals were released back into society and people's parents were dead. The Filipinos have been on their side for a very long time. Very wonderful people. And they lost a lot of casualties in World War II. And that leaves your kids to not have shit to do. They, uh, BNG, Bahala Nagang stands for Anything Goes Gang. Great fucking name. And they like to fight, they like to drink, they like to kill pl- um, competitors, and kill police. So, and you'll actually find out a reason why. The reason why they kill police is because one of the guys who kind of started the gang, a guy named Emong, um, he was captured at 12 years old. The police then went on to uh, shock his genitals to where they caused damage. And then when he went to get... Uh, retaliation against them. He did for a while. Killed a couple of police. They then found him and shot him alive in front of his whole family. And that's kind of how the gang starts. I'll talk about their early years, their expansion in America, and finishing about what has been going on with them in the past few years as they have been strictly targeted by law enforcement and military in the Philippines. We're looking at you, Duarte. You know, a divisive guy, but uh, a lot of Filipinos like him. I just drank a Mountain Dew and it shot on my fucking nose. It's my fault for drinking a Mountain Dew. Past 21 years old. But, you know, when in Rome, when in Sacramento, you drink Mountain Dew. <coughs> oh, man, that fucking hurt. I'm probably going to edit this out. <coughs> oh. Everyone wants to know why would this is the episode short last week. Something was wrong in the upload. Um, We did only miss about four minutes. I don't think Malik's story got that much better than his dad. He didn't really say too much. And then we ended the show. It was literally four minutes. I was going to post the four minutes. I was like, who the fuck wants to listen to just four minutes? Oh, man. I could add it to this, but I'm just not going to. I'm dumb. I, I, I never had a computer from a year ago. But then the pandemic happened, and I had nothing to do. And everyone else is getting famous off podcasts and making a shit ton of money. And it feels like if you don't have one. You don't do it. So I came up with a unique idea. You know, back pain. It jumps on the back of people like the dollop or, uh, you know, just a history podcast. But I found a different lane. You know, every TV show is cameraing people in front of it. But there's different types. So don't be a dick. Um, 
So yeah, so I'm not great at this shit. And then the comics were supposed to help me, and they're all coming in. Hopefully that's going to get better. They've, t- they've told me a lot of great things. Um, we'll see how it goes from there. Do I believe them? Yeah, I do. The guy who's in charge, he hasn't been here yet. So they started early. He didn't want to do that. And that's their excuses. So, you know, with me, I now have a studio in my apartment. Um, so I may just do it there. So I don't, but also I mess up. I, may, I got four minutes off a podcast. The reason I'm recording this right now in the wee hours of the night, almost the morning, is because I am getting surgery tomorrow in my mouth. <gasps> They're taking out my tongue. They're taking out my tongue. How will I tell a joke again? No, that's a very sick and sad joke to make. I just have some uh, dental surgery I'm going to have to do, and I'm probably not going to be ta- able to talk very well for a couple days, so... I'm going to try and get this shit done. This is getting done on Sunday night, so we'll probably get this out hopefully by Tuesday. Tomorrow I gotta wake up at fucking 7 a.m., drive to my dentist, a guy, a buddy of mine, he's a comedian, and then it's an hour away, and a real hour, like country hour, like Sacramento hour, not like L.A. where it's an hour, and it's just in K-Town, and you're fucking six miles away, this is a real hour. So I gotta drive out to him, have him do my teeth, and drive back, and then get home, and then fly home to L.A. tomorrow, and then I'll be back in L.A. for a long time. That's why I'm kind of whispering a little bit, but I'll try and turn it up, but I don't know, man, what you want me to do. Other than that, man, uh, our guest, oh, let's talk about this week. I got the dentist guy that's gonna fuck up my whole week, so whatever. Um... Uh, I came up to Sacramento to do some shows, and boy, did I do shows. Some of it comedy, not much. Uh, the first one is this one in Placer, California. A lot farther than I thought it was, if you're from up here. Um, <laughs> took that gig. I thought it was Elk Grove. I thought Placer, you know, you leave your town for five, six years, and everything stays the same, but you think it changes. So, went out there, pretty country, it's an old gold mining town, but the venue was pretty good, if you saw my Instagram, you saw I posted a video of that, it looked pretty good, um, the Eliza Schlesinger thing was announced, that's cool, turns out I'm with it with all my friends, I mean, literally, like, all my friends are on it, so I do the Plaster Show, my buddy Sam Machado comes out, guy's been one of my best friends since I was in first grade, um, we have a pretty good time, crowd was real weak, but I uh, riled him up, so the next day, I'm, I'm set to go do a show, I don't even know if I want, I'm not going to give you the details, but I was pretty buzzed, and there was a reason for my buzziness, and I bombed my dick off, and I bombed so bad, I don't even think I'm going to pick up the check, and it's a decent size check, decent size, most people would pay, anyone else would pay, but this is how I feel. Even though I had a good reason, I did mess up. So, like, what am I going to go over there? If if you went over to someone's house and you cleaned their house, and maybe you didn't clean it very good, and you were audi- you could you were audibly and visually drunk, would you still try to get paid? I don't know. I don't know. I do need the money, but I don't think I'm going to do it. I think I'm just I'm just too embarrassed. I can't see it. I'm a person who embarrasses really easily. And the reason I do stand-up is because I, I know I'm not getting embarrassed. Because I know it's good. Unless I'm blackout drunk. Because I had a good reason. I just don't want to talk about it on a podcast. Stop being a dick. <sighs> but, but I don't know if I'll ever work laughs on Limited Comedy Club again. Is it going to kill me? No. But I have known that that was the first place I ever did stand-up. So, kind of fucking sucks. And the next day I went to Sonoma. Headlined a show there. Made good money. Decent money. Um, Got to hang out with my buddy Toyo Van Grohl. He's going to be on the podcast. Got to hang out with my buddy... 
Brooke Heineken. Got to hang out with my buddy uh, Emily Van Dyke. So that was really good, man. All great comics. Really great show. Got to have fun. I'm going to be honest. This has been old audiences. I've, I don't know what's going on if old people aren't scared of Delta, but these have been old audiences. And I do not like going up in front of old audiences, especially because my stuff right now is tending to be, you know, not dark, but dirty. Not dirty, just like edge of society kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, that was been my week. It was pretty traumatic the night that I bombed my dick off. It was an outdoor show, baseball stadium, but not we're not we're going to the audience outside. Like you're, I'm, I'm, I'm telling comedy from a stage on first base, pitcher's mound, and they're in the outfield. So the thing when you do a show like that is when all the old people come an hour and a half early, and they all set up front, and then young people go and sit in the back because they get somewhere, you know, ten minutes before it's supposed to start. Fuck sake, old people. So when I go up there, the old people do not like me. And since it's outside, the reason you don't want to have comedy outside when there's no walls is because the laughter evaporates in the sky. Whereas in a normal comedy club, I could hear the people in the back laughing because it's going off the sides of the wall, it's going off the roof, and it's coming back to me. And I could see that it was just old people not. So I was up there, alcohol started kicking in, and then I just started getting mad at those old people. <laughs> oh, I said some shit to them. And then I went home. Had a little bit of a panic attack. I went back to my buddy Sam's. It was some night swimming. That was fun. Woke up. Had a little bit of panic attack. But I woke up to my phone. I had sick. Thank you to you guys if you're here. You were. I probably. I mean, there's probably 200 people at the show. Maybe a little more. Um, and I had like 10 messages all from younger people being like, "Hey, you were really funny. I was laughing the whole time." So, you know, I think me being so buzzed. Uh, I had some stuff going on that day, and I and I addressed it not in the right way, but. Do I care? Yeah, I sh I'm embarrassed, but do I actually care? No, not really. I'll be fine. I'll go perform in L.A. and at the Comedy Store and at the Hollywood Improv and all my shows, and there'll be a bunch of people and they'll like me. It doesn't really matter that much, but, you know, just being embarrassed wasn't good, and just being embarrassed that I wasn't being professional, but I had a bunch of you guys hit me up after the show, people I never knew, new fans. I don't If you like me then, you're going to really like me uh, when you see me not being a, a bag of human dog shit. But I think I had a good reason. I think I had multiple good reasons, to be honest with you. Um, thank you for uh, reaching out to me. Honest to God. Um, it really helped. Because I was really sad for a little while there, dude. Fucked me up. Because I just, you know... It just wasn't great. It wasn't that bad, but it was it definitely wasn't good. Nothing I'm proud of. So thank you guys for reaching out to me on that. Um, let's talk about my guest. I have Anthony... No, that's not his name anymore. Let's talk about my guest. I have J.R. de Guzman. Um, you may know him from Just for Laughs. He got that a long time ago. You may know him from his Netflix special. I picked J.R. because we started together, oddly enough. Oddly enough, there was a couple years where I started stand-up in Sacramento that a lot of truly great comedians that are successful today did. Um, with Kyrie Shabazz, he has now done Tonight Show, Comedy Central, he just got JFL, he won NBC Stand Up for Diversity, and Anthony de Guzman, JFL, Netflix, won NBC Stand Up for Diversity. If you don't know what NBC Stand Up for Diversity is, it is a um, comedy competition that goes to every major comedy club across the nation. People line up for hours outside, and um, then they go 
like there's normally like 70 people at all the good comedy clubs across the country then that whittles down to like 25 and then people come back later and do another minute whittles down to 10 and then those people or I think even goes like 3 or 4 I'm not sure because I'm not diverse so I was never able to do them but then it whittles down nothing and that person goes to the finals and then does that all over the country I'm talking Denver Seattle San Francisco is for California so everyone from California goes to San Francisco that's how fucking it is Nashville all these ones then the winners go to the uh, Hollywood Improv and then they have another thing and then that night they get a, a it's just full of industry. I mean, full. If you can imagine if every diverse comedian in the country competed and they gave some people a winner, everyone's showing up, which they should. I have no problem with that. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck that because I'm a straight white guy that I don't get to do it. Whatever. There's opportunities that I have probably gotten unbeknownst to me that have helped me out and someone else could have got it. Fine. I don't, I don't care. So then they get there and then they compete and then the winner of that. So Sacramento has had three winners of that. That's insane. Those people are from L.A., New York, everyone. We have three winners. We had a guy named Mikey Winfield, started before me. Jared Guzman, good friend of mine, started with me. Kyrie, good friend of mine, started with me. And there's also a guy named Renee Vaca who won it last year or the year before uh, COVID. And he was a Bakersfield Fresno comic. So it's eh, not really the same thing, but it's the Valley. So I started with Anthony. Um, he's a guitar comic. Sends funny comic. He sings funny songs. He has great jokes. One of the nicest guys I ever I've ever met. We met doing uh, these uh, um, open mics at this place called the Boxing Donkey in uh, Roseville. We go there every Monday night, not Mondays. Yeah, you should be able to hit three open mics, all pretty far away. You can go to the comedy spot, then you go to Nutty Mondays. Yeah, Tristan's Nutty Mondays. Yeah, 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 and it was at the Cowboy Bar, but it was like a, like a, kind of a hood ass night, man. I don't know what you want to say. It was pretty fucking hood. And then I'd go up there and ball my dick off. And then we'd go to Roseville, which is kind of like a white suburb. And then we'd do this Irish pub. And then we'd end it there, and we'd all just hang out there. And that's kind of where when you start doing comedy. When you start doing comedy, you think the people you're hanging out with are all going to be stars. Most of the time, they're not. Most of the time, they're going to quit. Most of the time, all of you are quit. But for somehow, I have three guys that didn't and did pretty good. I mean, they're doing better than me. I don't give a shit. But, uh, yeah, met him there, hung out, did a tour together. He's honestly one of the nicest guys in comedy. And as you see right now on this podcast, um, he doesn't talk shit about anyone. He's just a good guy. And uh, I really like him. I think you guys are going to like the podcast. I'm going to be in, uh, I'm just going to be in L.A. a lot. Um, at the end of the month, August 29th, I will be in Petaluma, California. It's Northern California. And I'll probably be in San Francisco the three days before that. So if you want to see me then, check the, check the motherfucking, well, I'm not going to get that. So check my calendar. Uh, I'll have the dates of what I'm going to be doing in the Bay. Other than that, I'm going to be in LA. You can see me at the comedy store. You can see me at all the set up LA shows. You can see me, um, Bear City. So enjoy the show, guys. This is the BNG gang. Bahala na. My man JR de Guzman. And this is Steve Fury. Um, thank you guys very much. If you have my phone number, 
and we know your personal friends. If you ever think some people are saying the fucking audio's too low, okay? I'm gonna raise it up on this episode. What are you listening on? There's like some people are always complaining about the audio on the like punching up and this. It's like, what are you listening in the shower? What the fuck are you talking about? I listen to it on Spotify. I listen to it on Apple. Put some headphones on. Put it on your car. What what are you listening from this one? From your phone? I have to be louder than your phone? Dog. Okay, so I'm gonna turn it up. The volume up. If you know me, you have my phone number, text me if you think it's uh, good or not. And, you know, I'm always open for uh, for some suggestions. As always, if you want the t-shirt, thank you guys for checking it out. They're going pretty good. Uh, Venmo at Steven-Fury. Venmo me $25. Give me your size you want and your address, and I will get them out the following Friday. They're pretty cool. I've been wearing one a lot. Looks pretty good. A couple of guys sent me photos and stuff. All right, guys, love you very much. Enjoy the show. Right, JR, what's going on, buddy? Good to see you. Yeah, baby. Good to see you again, buddy. Do a little uh, intro thing. It's like kind of like the, you know, in the WTF pod where Mark Maron rambles and you're mm-hmm. like, how do I skip this? Yeah, yeah. I tried to do We're the gonna same do that? thing. Okay, no, cool, I already cool. did that. So everyone already oh, that's knows all your later. credits. Oh. Everyone already knows everything to do it. I do it a little bit later from here. I see. Okay, cool, cool. So it already happened. It already happened, and it was good. So we have to let them know, hey, if you're skipping, skipping, stop right here. All right, put that in the beginning of my thing, because <laughs> we used to say, I used to have this, someone told me they wanted to invent an app that uh, just skipped Mark Marin's part of WTF, mm-hmm. like the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I pretty much do, I just write on my podcast, uh, the podcast starts at 32 minutes. That's smart. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a 32-minute rant? Yeah, normally, yeah. Hell These yeah. are probably about two hours. Do you go to, do you go to therapy? I don't really rant. I just keep because some people, some people are like my fans, yeah, and they yeah. want to know like what I've been up to, that For kind sure. of thing. And then some people do not care about me in the least bit, and they just yeah. want to know about random games. Well, I would imagine, that, yeah, the, you need to give that to people too, though. The part that's about you, because people are tuning in, even though the random yank thing is sick. That's where they want to come for. They also just want to hear like, what are you up to? Yeah, like if it's a fan of a comedy show that saw me on comedy, they're like, I want to see this guy's podcast. And then some other people just find on there, and they're going, Oh, this guy's talking about yeah. weird gangs I've never heard of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is just like today's game, Gang America. We are talking about the Baha La Na Gang, mm-hmm. which translates to the Anything Goes Gang. Hell yeah. Um. I got to say, so far, name 10 out of 10. Such a good name. Pretty good. Anything goes. I'm joining just for the name. Yeah, just for the You sold <laughs> yeah. me. There's Boys and Girls Club, and you're like, hey, you want to go to that or the Anything Goes game? <laughs> I think I'm going to go to the Anything, Anything Goes, goes game. game. I was like, yeah, that sounds fantastic. Maybe yeah. it couldn't be any better unless you added like bacon and avocado. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way that name could be yeah. any good. So here's a question for you, JR. Mm-hmm. Do you speak Tagalong at all? Ooh, well. One, you said it wrong. Oh fuck. Two, <laughs> what is it? No, but that's Tagalog. I like that you you tried though. You did it. Yeah, no, I say a lot of shit. It's Tagalog. Oh, Tagalog. Yeah, I'll do. You fucking can okay, say it. Okay, so there's it's not the can long. Can I curse on this? Does it matter? <laughs> oh, fuck okay. yeah, we're talking about people getting dude. There's a people getting beheaded. There, some guys, the, there's some guys in Stockton that this yeah. gang is. Well, I don't want to cut it, but no, there's it's a fine. big ending about these okay, guys. Okay, I won't. I won't rush. A to the chappy, point. chappy going on. Yeah, you guys try to guess what anything goes gang would do. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna give you a little hint. Anything goes. <laughs> yeah. Tagalog. Uh, I speak a little bit. I can say that I can speak a little bit. Like when people ask, I say "conte conte lang." That mm-hmm. means only a little bit. Is there a lot of hand movements in? Uh... Uh, no, that was no, just for me. That was just for you. Okay. That was just for me. So nobody predict that. Like, oh, they're like Italians. Yeah, or like 
someone else. So just going to yeah. be race more racist yeah. the more things you say about that. <laughs> the more racist we <laughs> yeah, throw in. Throw in there, but do things that they do. <laughs> so, but you've been to the Philippines and stuff, right? A bunch. I, I yeah. kind of go back. I was going back and forth like almost every year since I was 16. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Then that's yeah. exactly why I tried to get you in here because this gang really is more in um, the Philippines. Hmm. Okay. They're, but they're also in other places? They're also here. Oh, but you know, because the 70s, well, we'll get to all that. Yeah, yeah. Whenever all well, the Filipinos came over here. Yeah. So the gang starts in the early 1940s. The gang begins to form around the Philippines as a direct response to losing parents during World War II. Whoa. Okay. Pretty cool, like right? Lost Boys. Yeah, it's like Lost Boys. Right These guys there. had nowhere to go. Also, since there were not enough people working, all the prisons started releasing a lot of criminals and at the same time. So now there's a bunch of like kids yeah. mixing with hard edge and hardened criminals, and yeah. that's where these gangs start to happen. Yeah, that's how you end up with the name Anything Goes. Kids make that name. Yeah, or <laughs> a guy selling to kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He probably would have been like, so we have two options. I voted Anything Goes. The kids wanted super slimy, gummy yeah. ball gang. <laughs> super slimy, gooey. <laughs> okay, no gooey girls gang. allowed gang. <laughs> so Damn, this guy, right? Crazy. Yeah, this guy right here is one of the most badass little motherfuckers I've ever heard of okay. in our history of this podcast. Okay. His name is Imong Talastis. If you want to say that better than me, you can. Uh, that sounds pretty good. Imong okay. Talastas, yeah. I would imagine. At the age of 12, he is captured and tortured by police in Sampaloc, Manila, in the Philippines. Mm. Now, when he's captured, he's not just captured. What the police do is they electroshock his genitals. Oh, dude, I've heard of that, actually. Yeah, is that yeah, a big thing? Because I've been wondering about that. Is are the police very combative to the So the I would say – so my – I don't know if I should even say this stuff. My dad was in the Philippine military. Okay. And the, they're, let's say I can neither confirm nor deny mm -hmm. that they have hazing. Yes. And I've heard that the hazing is pretty intense. Okay, and it's a lot so of I'll just say that tasing much. of balls maybe Yeah. in a theorized world. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I mean number one, Jesus Christ, Emong. First question, how do you shock a 12-year-old's balls? What do you, what do you mean? There's not much going on there. It's like two <laughs> little raisins. Yeah. Like you'd go, I'd go nipples first. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know why they go direct balls, dude. That's the thing. Like, that's how you know the Philippines, they, they don't fuck around. They don't fuck around. They go straight to the balls. Yeah. It's either like very nice up front or straight, straight well, to the balls. Well, because like usually torturing, they would lead in an interrogation to get to that point. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, let's go straight. Let's go to our closer. Yeah. We're going to close with <laughs> balls. <laughs> if you can go past this. You're probably going to be free, dude, because that's all we got. <laughs> yeah, We've we only got, got balls. We literally got nothing. There's more ball <laughs> stuff. <laughs> There's just one guy in the back. Where's Harry Balls Talastis? Uh, he only comes up with one thing. So at Damn. 13 to 14, Emong, okay. as a sort of a um, retort, starts going at war with the police. Mm. He's starting a little gang, and he's regularly targeting and killing police. Mm -hmm. He's at 14. At 14, his gang. I mean, dude, you, you get somebody tasing your balls like... I'm surprised he didn't do it at 13. Yeah. That's what I'm – that two well, years 13 is and 14. 13 to oh, 14. Okay. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I would say that's a lot of time to process. But, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's like you shock someone's balls, you made an enemy for life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything balls is enemy or friend for life at that age. <laughs> also, right here, <clears throat> Emong, coolest kid I've ever heard of. Yeah. Got to be getting a lot of pussy. Oh, Number sure. two, if you could have – if you're – if your police are being killed by 12-year-olds, mm -hmm. doesn't say much about your police. <laughs> yeah, Not dude. you yourself, but like yeah, these yeah. guys. No, how, I, I've been out there. I mean, they are scary, though. Yeah, you the, see these guys? But I don't know how, like, did it say how he was doing it? Was he like 
sneak attacking. It says street yeah, fights. It was, street it fight. was street fighting, but there's a lot of sneak attacks. Yeah, yeah. Dude, because these guys are walking around with assault rifles and just like straight up. These yeah. are the police or just random people? The police. The police, out there. Yeah. But also, the Philippines is one of the countries most known for like illegal guns as well. Mm. So there's, I think there's just a lot of guns. But you can't around. do any drugs there. Now. Yeah. That's how Duterte is cleaning things up. Yeah. Is if there's a rule. I forget what it was, but it was like if you have drugs, it's like you can kill them on site. Yeah. As long as you say that they had drugs. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people were manipulating that. Let's say someone's looking at your girl wrong. You kill the guy and tell the police, like, yeah, he had coke or something. Yeah, or you plant it on him. You plant it on them. And it depends also who you're related to. Oh, so people can kill people. Yeah, dude. If they have drugs. There was something like that. I don't don't get it all directly from me. Another hearsay. Yeah, but it was like, I'd go back and forth and I'd hear little things. And, like, my brothers would be doing, like, I don't know if I should say this on here, but they've been doing, like, ecstasy. And I'm like, you guys should probably stop doing ecstasy right Yeah, now. especially over there. Wait, your <laughs> yeah. brothers are over? They live over there? They were over there. They were in dental school out there. Oh, that's so. why there's so many. So does the nursing thing contract over here too? If you get a nursing thing over yeah, there? Yeah, so yeah, exactly. You can go to school out there and then work over here. And then everyone sends money back to their family back there. So, Makes But yeah, sense. I, I heard that. I don't know how true it is, but people, maybe with the way that the law was written or Duterte said it very like, because, you know, he's very confident and would just say things mm-hmm. in, in speeches. Very similar to, like, how Trump would say yeah. things. Yeah, but he, he has power. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like if Trump had, like, actual real power. <laughs> and you don't know for sure if it's a fact or not, but he was saying, like, yeah, if you see someone with drugs, kill them and kill them on sight. And people kind of – some people, like, love that about him. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, since you've been going over this since you were a kid, do you yeah. think it's safer now than it used to be? Oh, man. It depends where you go because Manila – where – where my brothers were staying is BGC. It's Fort Bonifacio, Global City. It's like one big mall. Like you're walking around. There's like the nicest shops. It's like it's like rich. the Mandalay Bay in, exactly. in Vegas or something. Exactly. Yeah. It's like that. It's a huge strip, and all the like rich Asians and Europeans are out there walking around. But then you go, I don't, I don't know all the areas, but you go to another area and it's like a bunch of uh, like shacks, and yeah, stuff like that. So Looks depends like, where you go. I saw this one documentary. Or it was just like this show. It was like cops, but the Filipino version. Mm-hmm. And like this dude go, these cops go into like this woman's like, it's like a hovel. Like, it's like, it, if you know that little back room you got, if yeah. like three people lived in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They call it something, man. I just, I forgot what it's called. It's, uh, I, in my head, I'm just calling it like a shack. But yeah, it would have like a tin pepper roof. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like tarps and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so the, the cops go in there and it's a woman with a baby and like her two sons are like 14 laying in front of her. And the cop goes in and he just goes like right above and he pulls out this stuff. Like it just looked like it probably was meth, I would guess, because that's pretty big out there. Yeah. And then the woman just crumbles. And then you're like, oh, you're going to. Because she knows. You're going to die. Dude, it's so crazy, man. You're going to fucking Philippine die. Philippines is fucking wild. Yeah, but it also their tagline out there is more fun in the Philippines. So you can only have that much fun if there's also no rules. Yeah, true. I mean, bringing it back to anything goes. And I think I feel like it, I feel like Philippines are like, hey, anything goes except drugs. You just can't do drugs. And I, you know, I because the sex stuff's pretty crazy out there. Oh, dude, it is. Yeah, dude, it brings everyone together. That's why everyone goes <laughs> like to these Dutch dudes, German dudes, like Canadians. They're all like, dudes. They're, they're all, all little white, yeah. white, weird white guys. Dude, the oldest white guys with like the youngest Filipino girls. It's crazy. But I, uh, I was talking about this last night too. Is it weird for you when you meet like a white dude who speaks fluent like Chinese or Tagalog or anything like that? Probably for it would be Tagalog. Yeah, because they have they for sure are trying to because that's a, yeah Filipino unless girls. you're yeah you're trying to probably bang that's what's up young children or I'm like I'm not crazy then no 
Okay. But a Chinese guy, I mean, some, a white guy speaking Chinese, he could be doing like weird business, business over there. Yeah. It always seems a little shady to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah, okay. Yeah, for me too. It's like, I don't know why. It shouldn't offend me at all or no. bother me. Because it's like, hey, good for you. Yeah. He's trying to learn the language. Yeah. But it always, for some reason, just a little bit, I'm still a little bit like, why do you know this? Yeah. It's like a guy wearing like a top hat and dark sunglasses. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. what are you hiding over there? Yeah. Why do you know this? But, uh, here's a question, buddy. Okay. Let's say you're 12. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me get back in there. Yeah, 12. Cops shock your balls. Okay. Mm, are you getting revenge, or are you just like, I'm never letting that happen again? Damn, dude. That says a lot about Emong, right? Yeah, because I mean... That kid has spirit. <clears throat> you shock my balls, I'm not going to lie. I'm out, dog. I'm out, dude. I'm moving. <laughs> I'm, out. I'm out of the Philippines. <laughs> I'm just walking straight, and I will never stop again. <laughs> dude, I'm Singaporean now. <laughs> yeah, I'm Cambodian, dog. I'm coming to America, opening a donut shop. <laughs> I'm different. That's the first episode and the last episode of Scared Straight Philippines. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this guy shocking a bunch of twelve-year-old kid balls. They're just like, yeah, we're we're good actually. Then everything's A pluses next. <laughs> like, I don't know what they do. Damn man. But gangs gangs <clears throat> in the Philippines, dude, are legit. I've had uh, like cousins and uncles who are part of like Filipino gangs. It's like it's like a mafia, man. Well, I, this Hardcore. should be the biggest one there. It should be Sige Sige. We're gonna mm-hmm. talk about later later okay. in the Bahala Na. See, I don't, I don't know them all, so it's, yeah. it's interesting to. I'm learning about all this stuff right now. So, what would you do if someone just kept tra- gone on the straight track? Um, I think so. I mean, I can't really. Like, it's like, you, you know, when I was playing when I was playing basketball as a kid, and I got hit with a basketball in my nose, and my eyes start watering. Yeah. Like, I that hit me pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and you're not and like right then. You're like, I could either go get water and cry, yeah. or I could, I guess, fight this guy. And Dude, then two seconds later, you're drinking water. I'm drinking water, and I'm just like, yeah, you guys have fun, man. <laughs> so like, I think I'm out, man. But okay. yeah, I don't want to go out like like that though. Man. I wish I can. We edit in the podcast that I said that I would fight <laughs> and I would kill I would all kill of them. Cops. I, would, <laughs> I would get rep, uh, redemption for my testicles. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm in the gang too. So, sad to say, at 15, Emong is gunned down by the police in front of his siblings. Oh, that's short-lived. I thought Emong was going to have a long narrative in this. I mean, he, because of this moment, um, the Philippines are never really the same. Because of this? this oh, so right he's here. like a famous kid. Yeah, he's gonna be, there's movies written about him and this guy later. I got to tell you. Yeah. I, I keep giving up secrets. But you don't have to, man. You Filipinos come up with great nicknames. Okay, there's oh, two of them in here. And I'm just like, fantastic. Just the names. Yeah. You know, it's good yeah, stuff. Yeah. I love it. I believe it. So once he dies, this leaves a power gra- gap in the Filipino street games. Mm. Number one, rest in peace to Emong. You lived a short, terrible life. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, you're a badass. <laughs> 1945. Davino, a.k.e. AKA diving. I don't really know that one. That's what they said. Mm-hmm. Talastas creates the Bahala Nagang, the BNG. I'm not going to keep saying that over and over again. Mm. For vengeance against the police. Um, this also filled the power vacuum left by the death of his brother. This was his older brother. So Emong is the older brother of Davino. Oh, he, oh, it's his brother. Yeah. So Wait, Emong is the older brother of Davino. So Davino is the younger brother. Davino's yep. See, that, that's always worse. When yes. It's, it's if it's the younger brother getting revenge. That's it's always worse. Yeah. Because I, you know, younger he's a, he's a role model. You know, he's your role model, and also like the younger brothers always a lot. I always find stronger and better because they've been competing mm. against an older guy yeah. the whole time. Whereas the older guy might be like more talented, but he's also fighting inferior. Yeah. Uh, you're, and you're always a little bit smaller, yeah. younger. So you kind of have to work harder yeah. for sure. I'm the youngest, so I'm just biased against yeah. this. I'm like, <laughs> you're yeah, like, yeah, like dude. more handsome, like handsome bigger dicks. Sure, dude. The dicks Six huge little... cocks. 
The younger, the huger. The younger, the bigger. These little kids, huge cocks. Davino yeah. has a personal vendetta against the police because his five-year-old half-brother was traumatized after watching the police unload their guns into Imong's corpse well after he had died. Damn. It's like there's no better reason to start a gang than that. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Get your balls shocked. Imong maybe went a little, maybe went a little too far yeah. killing police. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know though if that's too far. It's up in dude. the air. It's definitely equal. Dude, you do anything near a guy's balls, it's like kind of justified yeah, whatever the retaliation anything happens, is. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But then the police I'm not justifying killing police, but But this would be this would be it's in it's in the conversation. <laughs> People are talking about it on the podcast. Yeah. But if the police murder your fifteen year old older brother Ooh. in front of your five year old uh, uh, brother, mm. and when he's dead, they keep shooting him. That's a reason to start a gang, man. Yeah, Bahala Na Gang, baby. Bahala Na Gang. This um, is a good narrative. Like the, the 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 origin story of this. Oh yeah, it's gonna go on the origin story, and then we start going into how they came to California, America. Yeah, and then I didn't know there were that many um like offshoots of this. No, just I never thought of Philip. When I think of Filipinos, I just think Northern California. I don't really think Southern California. Yeah, well, they're everywhere. Man. Yeah, we are everywhere. That's the problem. That's yeah. the problem. It's 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 spreading, <laughs> dude. It's like bedbugs, dude. <laughs> so you can't the, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so at the same time, Bahala nah, get BNG gangs getting bigger. Um, there's a new game called gang called the Seagay Seagay Gang, mm-hmm. and they start talk. They start starting up as kind of a, you know, a, a yin and a yang. Mm-hmm. Sige, I've heard Sige a lot. Oh, Sige, it's like when you're doing something. Or there's different ways to say Sige, but yeah, okay. Okay. Sige, I looked it up, means go on, go ahead, or proceed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not as good a name. Mm-hmm. If one gang is anything goes and the other one's just like, um, go ahead of me. But you know what? I think this is how they're using it. Okay. It's like, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, like see. make a move. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's cool. pretty scary, right? That's low school, yeah. <laughs> it's like, punch me first and you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, because I've heard people say, oh, Sige. It's like... The, a kid's about to do something dumb. This is when I've heard it growing up. Mm. There's different ways. And like, oh, Sige, Sige. Or you get hurt and you're crying. They don't come comfort yeah. you. They're like, oh, Sige. Yeah, learn. You're about to learn something. Yeah. So it's. I think that's where there's. Oh, that's way cooler. It. Okay. Because like, otherwise the other gang name is so pussy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go on ahead. Yeah. After yeah, you. Yeah. It's co- no, no, please. <laughs> please. After you, gang. It's like, which one do you want to join? Okay. Okay. So we're switching to 1950s. Davino at this time. You know, about five years older. He's going to prison all the time. He's in and out. Okay. The BNG is established as a leading Filipino prison gang during this time. Whenever his Davino is in prison, he is referred to as the mayor. Whoa. Top five coolest nicknames of all time. So cool. Dude, the mayor of, of prison? prison? Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> sounds like I a, would lead with that everywhere I go. Sounds like a bad guy in, like, Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Think I've got the mayor, do you? <laughs> JR, have you yeah. had any nicknames in your life? We got JR. Dude, uh, in grade school, so I, I went to a pretty white Catholic school. I won't say which one for grade school. And uh, high school wasn't much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, that's why you know it. We're across the street from each other, dude. Yeah, so. No, I wasn't Christian Brothers. I was no, no, you went, oh, you went to McClatchy? What do you think? I went to Loretta? I thought you went to Rio. No, I'm not a real kid. Or I went to American Plachy, River, whatever the American River was. No, no, no. Oh, okay, 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 okay. All right, so, but. Uh, the Catholic school, they called me, and when I played sports, they called me Speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> it was like so close, so close, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that could I, be a new premise right there, bro. You might want to write that oh, down. I, well, hey, remind me of this. Yeah. I got to listen to old podcasts and figure it out. But that does happen, dude. I get bits from doing podcasts, yeah. especially ones when you're just like talking. But it's hard because you got to go back. Do you yeah. go back or do you just remember it afterwards? 
I don't know. I might have. I might like stop and write it down real quick. Yeah. Or something. All right. I'll make a voice memo or some shit. Speedy Gonzalez is pretty funny. Well, so this is what I'll say. They called me Speedy Gonzalez. But, dude, I think when you're young, you don't think of shit as racist. Yeah. I thought it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't. I was like, hell yeah, I'm fast. I'm a fast Mexican mouse. That's what I felt. I was yeah, proud of it. Dude. It is so funny. I'm just write down speeding on Yeah, speeding on Zolls. You shit. should. Um, yeah, mine, I had uh, my, I had this one since I was a kid, actually. It's Steve, huge dick, but normal size balls of fury. I've had that since I was a child. Is that real? No, no, no. Um, <laughs> okay. I was uh, Fist of Fury. Because yeah. in sophomore year, I beat up a senior. Mm-hmm. And then they put that in the school news dude, letter. That like, was freshman year? Sophomore year, I beat the That's shit out of That's a big deal, too. dude. Did that give you some cred for the rest of your three years, two years? I, I was already doing pretty good. Yeah. You know, by the time in sophomore year in high school, it already... You know, I was a guy who always just down to fight. Yeah. Not necessarily... Fight, uh, maybe. This is recording, right? I'm yeah, still hearing yeah, cool. you. Yeah, yeah. So I've done whole podcasts no. with this thing off. See, I, I'm, like, I'm glad I got the headphones. That's why I started doing it, but I just yeah. didn't bring it over. Um, I'm basically your producer right now. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, one guy wearing the headphones in the room. <laughs> it's not his podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, so they, what was it? Your nickname? Uh, it was Fist of Fury because I beat up this guy and was in the school newspaper. That's dope. It's pretty cool. Do you already have a sick last name? I'm sure you've heard that. Yeah, kind of always like, you know, girls normally call me Steve and then guys would call me Fury most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Okay, so Davino is most frequently the mayor of Iwahig? Iwahig. Iwahig. Iwahig prison. Davino calls shots while in prison and recruits new members to the gang during his prison stays. The B&J establishes control over the new Bilibib prison Mm -hmm. and the Bureau of Corrections. So just like in in America, you know, if you can control the prisons, oddly enough, you can control the outside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Probably because more of the older guys are in there. They're connected, yeah. They're connected. You're, you have people coming in and out, um, and they're probably the scariest guys a lot of times. And you're kind of protected in a and you're way. Per- yeah, yeah. You're not out in the streets, mm-hmm. so. And you're probably the guy who started the shit, just like Davino. <clears throat> so we're gonna go to the 1960s. We're moving right along. The 1960s is referred to as the golden era of Filipino prison and street gangs. And <laughs> yeah. right, who doesn't refer to the 60s? <laughs> yeah, that's what I ever think about. <laughs> Some people think of the Beatles, yeah. but I think no about worry. the golden era of those sweet street gangs. <laughs> Peace, love, gay. <laughs> Filipino street gang. That's all I think of, buddy. B&G has enough reputation with high-ranking members that starts getting targeted by rival gangs. And really, this is kind of the thing right now that starts really popping off everything. July 10th, 1961. Mm. Roberto Monreal is targeted by four career criminals for his role in the Bahala Nag gang. BNG. He fights all four of them at once. He's doing pretty good, but the criminals get the upper hand due to employing wooden planks, essentially two by fours. Mm-hmm. Monreal is knocked down in a corner and is beaten to death with wooden planks. Can I backtrack? Wait, so who's Mon? Mon- it's uh, Monreal. Monreal. Yeah, you're right. Monreal. Roberto Monreal. Monreal is going to be the reason this other guy Shit. joins a gang. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And the other guy, there's like a bunch of movies over there written about him and stuff like that. He's pretty okay. fucking cool. He's got another amazing nickname. Okay. So what would you say, beating to death by planks, uh, top five worst ways to die? Oh, man. Beating up by planks. It's funny because you don't think of the, you know, they say, would you rather die by fire or, or drowning? drowning? Mm-hmm. No planks? one brings up planks. Planks, is, <laughs> it's a surprise <laughs> one, dude. Because once you're getting beaten up by planks... You think about that question. Yeah, you're probably like, wish like, I had did... some fire right now. <laughs> <laughs> why did nobody bring this up? This is the worst way to die. Dude, planks are so specific. And you see a guy walking with a plank, you just assume he's building yeah, a house. Fence. One, <laughs> building sla- a house. one slot at a time. <laughs> yeah, dude. 
It's like, dude, where are the rest of his playing? Yeah. Um, okay. Here you yeah. go. Don't read my ways to die. Okay. Okay. Top five worst ways to die. Could be funny or not. Mine aren't <sighs> that funny. To me, I so. mean, no, no. I'll go real with it. Really, it's sharks. It, sharks would be bad. I don't know why, because you just always think you're having a good time, but then when it starts happening, you're like, oh, I fucking knew it. That dude. first pull? Yeah. Dude. Like, fuck, 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 fuck. Why is it always a pull? Like, yeah. And the thing is like a pull. It's like the shark is just like, Ugh. We test it. I think they taste it to see if they can come eat it. Yeah. And like, they yeah, circle back I around. I can eat this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to go for a little swim. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. It's like at, at Hometown Buffet when you test if, like, the yogurt, the yeah, frost. Yeah, works. The, the so, okay, just a little bit. Okay, okay cool. cool. I'm going to come back around. Yeah, so sharks, for sure, for one for me. But then I heard this fact that you're more likely to die rather than sharks but from a vending machine falling on you. Have you heard that fact? No. Dude, just made me more afraid of vending machines. Yeah. <laughs> like, did it, did it make me feel less afraid it of It went sharks? from zero to maybe a tiny little bit more than zero. Yeah, yeah. So, I, getting, okay, keep going. like, anything where I die where I'm having fun. So, oh, it's like, I'm swimming in the ocean. I must have been, like, snorkeling and having mm-hmm. a great time. Dead. Vending machine followed me. I was about to have some candy. Dead. Mm-hmm. So, there's two. Let me see. I'll try to think of three more. Plane crash. Because, again, I was probably on my way to, to do something fun. Mm-hmm. Then, boom. And then it's like you have so much time before you die. And you know you're going to die. And you're just flying down. And oh you don't. Oh, God. Ugh. Are you walk, looking out the window being like, <laughs> oh you got God. about three minutes. Dude, I'm, this, I know myself because I've thought about it during turbulence. I'm holding the person next to me's hand. I don't care if they really? want to or not. I'm like, Damn, I don't know. You. The guy's just like, this is my nightmare is holding hands <laughs> with a stranger dying. Yeah, I got, I got intimacy issues. Now I'm just like, come on, man, I need this. <laughs> I need this. Just die for me. <laughs> so that's third. What, two more? Um, uh, I think you did a couple there. Oh, you said five. Oh, I thought you said five. Okay, no, you're cool, cool. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I would go, number one, ball shocked by the Filipino yes. police. Number two, shot to death in front of my family. Number three, you know, I think the sharks <laughs> one's good dra- because it involves sharks and drowning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you probably drown. At that yeah. point, you're not going to technique swim. <laughs> yeah, you're not. <laughs> your breathing's not good. Like, okay, how do I how do I uh, wade in the water? Oh, here. This one's... Okay, number five. Number four is fire. Easy. Okay. Number five is some sort of alien bug burrows mm. into my butt yeah. and then plants like a seed inside me. And then I raise this creature in my stomach for months, not really understanding what happened. Then, you know, I'm just mm. eating and I'm disgusting people. And then, for some <laughs> reason... I'm at my high school reunion, and I'm, they're like, Steve, do some stand-up. And right at that time, a bug burrows out of my ass, leaving me slunken in the corner, all of men in black. In the, in the middle of your set. In the middle of my set. Damn, dude. I would actually, if I was in the crowd, dude, I fucking love Steve, Steve dude. Innovative. Steve's so funny. <laughs> innovative. No one has ever become just a cocoon That's for a Andy space Kaufman-esque. <laughs> yeah, no one's been a cocoon. Oh, this bug. guy always thinking out of the box. David, man. And I will say, just real compliment, man. I would say that about your humor. It's a bug. Like, I could see you doing else. that. <laughs> I could see you doing that. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't written anything. Let me show you this <laughs> bug thing I've been working on. Yeah. July 1961. The killing of Roberto Monreal was directly responsible for one of the BNG's most notorious members joining the gang. After the murder of Roberto, Arturo Boy Golden Porcuna joins the gang while in prison for his own protection. Fucking Filipinos with the greatest nicknames ever. So good. Boy Golden? Boy Golden, You dude. think Golden Boy? Well, because they probably watched, uh, oh, Pony Boy. So stay gold, Pony, Pony Boy. Yeah, so they probably watched that and then just the English is yeah. a little off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Big boy. outsider fans? <laughs> yeah, Boy Golden. They for sure meant Golden Boy. I'm not, I'm, this is my people. I'm yeah. going to say they meant to say Golden Boy. But Boy Golden just kind of 
I don't know, flows. I don't know. It's, it's poetry. Yeah, it's poetry. It's definitely like boy gold. Like I got my buddy Fang Chow, and he always like says phrases wrong, but then it just becomes way more like is better poetry. Like he has this one where we were like uh, we were at the comedy store and we were like selling booze mm-hmm. and we weren't supposed to, and then he got in trouble. And then when he got in trouble, they're like, "Why do you do? You know, we just kept doing it. Why do you do this?" And he goes, "Because I just wanted my brothers to have a better sandwich today than they ate yesterday." That's deep, dude. deep, wonderful. Like, so did you guys stop for a day? Like, no. I would stop for a day to think about what he just said. Well, he said it to us another time, and I was just like, "That's one of the sweetest, nicest things." A I've ever better heard. sandwich today, today than they had yesterday. yesterday, dude. I, I. I quit comedy. Yeah, I was just, just like, now. that's fucking poetry, man. That is what that's you it. want for anyone that you care about. Yeah. I feel like I'm not doing a service to the world if I'm not thinking that way every day. That's tight. The Seagay Seagay gang attempt to kill Boy Golden since he is a witness to the death of Monreal. This creates a burning hatred in Boy Golden for the Seagay Seagay, and upon release begins a campaign of death against the Seagay Seagay members. He starts killing a shit ton of them. Mm-hmm. Boy Golden is so active in attacking Seagay Seagay that he immediately becomes the most prominent target they have. Damn. So on 12 14 1963, Christmas Eve or Christmas? Christmas? Eve. Dude, yeah. Christmas is huge in the Philippines. You celebrate it from December 1st. Really? And you kind of keep celebrating till New Year's. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Dude, I think from uh, in Pangasinan, in my dad's neighborhood, it's a province, so it's like kind of farm, rural area. I think from. Christmas Eve till New Year's, dude. Karaoke till six in the morning. Not even, not even. It's a stereotype because it's true, dude. Six in the morning every day. So I would wake up. I walk like I would go to bed seeing a family of people like drinking and doing karaoke like in front of their house mm-hmm. in like the little driveway garage area area. And then I would wake up in the morning. They're still there. Dude. <laughs> Seriously, I was just like, what? This is real. There's no drugs. It's just alcohol no, and dude. singing. That's yeah, the impressive Red one. Horse. That's the drink out there. That's the beer. What is it? Oh, It's boy. called Red beer. Horse. It's a beer. Yeah. Like a really strong beer. So good. What, okay. Are they singing like Filipino songs? No, are they also uh, going both. like some soul ones? Both. Everything. So like you'll hear everything from like a Bruno Mars, like a pop song yeah. to like a ballad, like Lady in Red. Yeah, yeah. It's my dad's <laughs> shit, dude. He owns that every, dude, man. And it works, man. My mom gets a little aroused. Dude, it's crazy. When I ever witness it, I know they're about to, they're about to fuck, dude. When he sings Lady in Red, it's... <laughs> Is <laughs> but um, yeah, so everything, everything. Ballads and pop, mostly. All right, 12-24-1963. Boy Golden is gunned down while opening Christmas presents with his henchmen. This happens because rival gang members followed his wife and sister as they went to attempt a Christmas gathering at his apartment. Damn. Fucking terrible way to die. Yeah. I had no idea that Christianity had already crept into the Filipino culture by this point. Dude, uh, Spaniards. Spaniards. So that's, like, that's why you're, everyone's names over there are always. Man, yeah, Bravo. It's all Spanish. Yeah. So the Catholicism. Mm. So when, I forget, is it Magellan? Whatever who was. They came over to the Philippines. The way that they were justifying being able to come over, they had to get approval and saying that they were going to convert. So a lot of the colonization back then was under like Catholic pretenses. Well, it's the same thing in America. Yeah, I guess that's true, huh? So they did everywhere, and they just murdered everybody if they yeah. didn't become Catholic. And they, yeah, they said it was yeah. oh, it's to be Catholic. Yeah. It's so weird because now we're hella Catholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now there's not even that many Catholics. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Filipinos are probably like a, la- a last. Filipinos, Mexicans are like a last, last stand. Yes, Catholicism. Yeah, it's crazy. But um, oh, here we 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 get to see a picture of uh, Boy Golden. Okay. I oh, think shit. I think he's a uh, not not too bad looking guy. Yeah, he's not bad. I mean, he's like he's got wavy hair. Wavy hair, big eyes. Yeah, big Boy lips. Golden. Boy Golden, huh? Oh, my favorite thing, five two. 
He's five three there. Did he say six? No, oh, that's his. You thought he's a six three Filipino guy? I don't know. Dude. It looks like a six. It's it not, does not. I was five. in disbelief, but his head four is, nine. His head is long. Yeah, his head he goes from about head. four five to five three. That's probably about right. That's a big yeah. head. I don't know why it looks way bigger here, dude. But um, yeah, it's a good looking dude. Not bad looking. Dude, he could act. Yeah. So three different we're, movies we're have casting made him right now. Yeah, we're ca- we're gonna go back in time and get this psychopath. Yeah, what do you think he could play? <laughs> some <laughs> some evil. Yeah. Three different movies have been made about Boy Golden and his brief but violent stint as a big shot in the BNG. During the 1960s, the BNG received a reputation for being the most violent gang in the Philippines. Members happily engage in thrill kills where all they do is seek out rival gang members and police and kill them. Researchers allowed in the Filipino prison system in the 60s described the BNG as psychopathic in nature and organization. Damn. Damn. That's like a five-star review for your gang, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's like, pretty... Oh, shit, guys, we made it! Yeah, we did it! <laughs> the next day. Like, frame it in your little hut. <laughs> the trades are in. Oof. They love us. So to me, that's a five-star review. Let's talk about reviews. What's one of the worst things or best things someone ever said to you? Review comedy-wise? It could be a... It could be an insult to your face. Could be <sighs> from your kid. Could be anything. I mean, you need to try to think because maybe you know I'm still working on the podcast. Maybe I should start going first mm-hmm. so the guests have some time to think. Sure, sure. Do you have one? Um, uh, comedy wise, when I first got to LA, this manager told me that I was uh, just another boring white guy. Oh my god, dude, I hate that. That one. And hurt. I'm not a white guy, but <laughs> I hate that. I would because I would hate to hear. Th- because it's like, it's not anything you can change. Yeah. You're, I mean, not, you're not also, boring. I don't think I'm boring. Yeah, you're not boring. But I just mean, there's what they're trying to say is, oh, we have a lot of white people. Yeah. Is that saying? Yeah. It's like, that's so dumb. Not real. I mean, if they, I don't mind if they're like, hey, you know, it's like a party where they're like, hey, we're capped out, you know, too many white guys right now. But if they were like, hey, yeah. capped out of the party, you're white and ugly, so you can't come in. That's how most of my parties end. <laughs> too many white guys. <laughs> this is not what I wanted for this night. Cap it. <laughs> Oh uh, man. Uh okay, well on that note, see that that oh that would hurt me so bad. Um I got this weird it's it was like a compliment that was weird. It's always weird when someone's trying to give me a compliment and it, and it hurts. Oh yeah, okay. Cuz then you try to just take it. Yeah. This guy was like, "Dude, I love how like you do this. You got it down, man. This like awkward sort of nervous like losery thing on stage <laughs> you do. It's so good. It's so funny." I was like, I didn't, I didn't even know I was doing that. Yeah, I've, I've been doing it. Like, you've been doing it for years, dude. <laughs> no, dude, since you started and to now, to today. And you're doing it off stage, too. Loser. <laughs> so good. So good. One of a kind. <laughs> no one's a bigger loser than you. One of the best compliments I got was from Jeff Singer this year. Oh, sick. Before he was fired for saying the N-word. I, I heard that that happened, yeah. He goes, you're going to be huge. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's so. nice. Was that at a showcase? Yeah, it was at my JFL showcase. Ah, oh, man. And then he got fired. And I did not get JFL this year. Dude, dude Three dude, trans dude. people got it. Well. Interesting to hey me. man. We're going to keep going, though, on that one. Don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to. That's why I said, hey, man. <laughs> Just a little. That's the play it's safe. Know, one, two, pretty good. In a three. controversial conversation. I didn't even know there were three trans people who did comedy. Yeah, you I'm going to let you keep going. Yeah, I didn't know there were three that did comedy. You so. keep letting it out. But for sure, they're. Probably all a lot better than me. And I'm just gonna say, I just want to listen. I love the trans community. All I love about the trans them. community too. No, you hate them. I just think you know, cancel him. <laughs> two <laughs> would have been good. Two. Three to four. <laughs> That's more than black people than they had. But we're good. We're fine. 1965. Filipino immigrants begin moving to the Los Angeles eras area. This allows the BNG to expand to California and begin to establish a presence in America. The Filipino youth gangs are created in America in a direct response to the aggression from Latino gangs. Filipino gangs imitate the Cholo style during the first few years of formation in America. 
Mm. These groups have their origin from the BNG, but start to refer themselves as Satanas. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard of this. Yeah? I've heard of this. Satanas are exclusively found in the inner cities of L.A. and San Diego, where early Filipino immigrants settled into Latino neighborhoods. It's so true. I was going to say, it's just so true. Like, the Filipino neighborhoods are also, like, the Hispanic neighborhoods yeah. in L.A. Because when I first moved to America, it was in L.A. Oh, really? Yeah. Eagle Rock and... Did you move straight from the Philippines to yeah. here? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Philippines, I moved when I was, like, a year old. you got to be, like, one of the tallest people in the Philippines, right? Dude, it's crazy, man. Yeah. When I go there, like, when I get to the airport and I land, I feel like Bill Murray in Lost in Translation. <laughs> you see yeah, the way yeah. he's standing, and it's just, like, it's just him standing, and everyone's, like, so short. Are your parents tall, or are you just kind of, you got tall? Uh, my... Yeah, my dad's like 5'10". Oh, that's not my dad's 5'10". Yeah, my mom's like 5'7". Yeah, my, so your mom's a little taller than normal. My mom's just about that thing. Yeah. And I got to be about 6'4". Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here's the thing, and I don't know, this might offend. I'm not sure. <laughs> but I noticed that Filipinos tend to like, it could be because in an early thing, Spanish came in and kind of destroyed their culture. But you know, like these guys tried to were a little bit like... Uh, Cholos. And yeah. then a lot of the Filipinos more that I know yeah. are like probably closer to like... African-American culture. I would say it's... Uh, Filipinos are the best, like, assimilators. Yeah. So we'll adapting. absorb every culture, mm-hmm. dude. Which is why you guys are great. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Filipinos. Yeah. Like dancing, singing. <clears throat> and also because I would and say... Basketball? I would say with black culture, like, the similarity... The things that we like are oh, similar. similar. Yeah. Basketball, dance, singing. Yeah. Like, Filipinos have soul. But it's also... And style. Yeah. Yeah. They're gonna, I'm going to go into this in a little bit. Okay. Now. I got another question about the style thing. Oh, I'm here... Oh, okay. I don't want to jump ahead of it. It's okay. going to be good. It's, I'm going to ask it. So yeah, don't yeah. worry. Well, I was going to say, like, I, I think Filipinos tend to, like, be expressive cultures. Mm-hmm. And, like, Hispanic and black cultures are like mm-hmm. that, too. Um, and, like, what are you going to take from white culture? It's so boring. They're like, we got mashed potatoes from the whites. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. We'll, we'll do some white shit, too, man. There's mm-hmm. some Filipinos, like, uh, it's like there's Abercrombie Filipinos, too. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. All right. So this is where I'm just going to read a little thing. This is a synopsis of the early... Early days of the BNG. From the 1940s to 1960s, the BNG established itself as one of the most violent gangs in the urban areas of the Philippines. Their anything-goes attitude, which is why they got that name, took on a more anarchistic attitude as they constantly sought out rival gang members and non-corrupt police officers to murder at random and exert their dominance. Although there are not any extensive details of initiation rituals, it is speculated in order to become a member of the BNG you need to commit a violent act against a gang rival or police officer that gets the attention of the clique's leaders in the area. Makes sense of why so much violent acts are happening. Yeah, yeah. That's how you get their attention. That's how you get their attention. That's like dressing slutty for a gang. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Who'd you kill? Oh, damn. (laughs) During this era, toughness and fighting ability were the most important parts of being a BNG member. It is also speculated that one of the key identifiers back then into the current day is a cigarette burn located near their thumb to indicate membership of the BNG. You ever seen that? Mm, I I don't think I've seen that personally, no. You know what's a funny one? Is that uh, I did this podcast with uh, Jason Cheney, Mm -hmm. we know. And um, love Jason. about I love Jason too. Um, about a Taiwanese gang and mm-hmm. what they did is the gang like would like lop off fingers, Damn. you know. And it's a very big gang in Taiwan. And he goes, you know what? I noticed a lot of people didn't have fingers, and I just never thought about <laughs> it. And I was like, yeah, these guys. Damn. So he was like surrounded by gang members and didn't know. It, their their gang is a little different since like so since it, the uh, God, what is that gang called? I'd have to remember it the Taiwanese one the Taiwanese one so yeah. since when Taiwan became its own country they didn't have a military and didn't have a police force or anything so like this gang like yeah. infiltrated itself into the government so they're more of like yeah. 
mafia now. Yeah, yeah. Than like a street gang. Because they're almost like a police yeah, government they, system, but they're like they're organized basically. Yeah, they're a lot more organized. So it's like yeah. when you were a gang member, it didn't necessarily mean you were like super bad or anything. Yeah, yeah. The violent emphasis of the BNG makes it very hard for them to organize effectively when outside of a prison environment. Much like Italian, Latino, and other Asian gangs during this era, the membership is made up mostly of young teens who are looking for a bond due to poor home life, lack of parents, yep. due to their death during the war or absence due to work schedules. Yeah, that got real right there. Yeah. That was like, that made me a little sad. Like, yeah. I, like now I resonate with all these gangs, you know? I mean, honestly, that's like people always go like they don't want, some people don't want to do this one, my podcast, because they're scared of gang retaliation. Hmm. But I don't find that I'm necessarily one. I'm not like going to some snitch and he's giving me all their secret information. This yeah. is documents from the FBI and the sure. police. And then number two, I don't find that I'm really poking fun ever. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I think it's just education on it. Yeah. But I, I will say too, even on that, it's like I like that you included this part of it of why people join gangs. Because in a weird way, it's the same reason. Like you're sort of in a vulnerable state. I'm not like and just and or even that. It's just like you're doing what you need to do to survive. Um, Imagine if other people you're walking around. There's other people trying to beat you up all the time, and then you don't have any family. So then you, you and your friends are like, "Yo, let's be friends. We'll fucking fight there's everybody else." Dude, it's I've always said this, it's the same reason people join churches. Yeah, same people get fraternities, get sororities, fraternities, sororities. Yeah, it's like you're kind of looking for community mm-hmm. guidance, uh, role models you didn't have. I would have so. done it. Yeah. All right, 1970. So many people would if they're in that same situation. Yeah, or you're gonna get beat up all the time and become like this. A simp, like something for someone else. Fuck yeah. that noise. Yeah. In the 1970s, in the Philippines, BNG continues to fight violently with police and rival gangs in prisons in the streets of Manila. Um, I already asked you about the combative relationships. We're good there. Mm-hmm. They continue to thrive on anything goes attitude and focus on rival gang killings and killing cops. Filipino families begin immigrating to the West Coast at a faster rate. This creates a difference between styles and creates city and suburban cliques in America. City cliques emulate the more cholo style of the Latino rival gangs. Suburban cliques create their own style that emphasizes on luxury brands and GQ dressing, dissing themselves from the cholo style. That, to me, is the Filipino guys that I grew up with. Which one? The cholo style? No, 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 no. The GQ style. The GQ, or like the, you know, guys wearing Supreme, it's so funny very my, hype beast culture of most Filipinos I have Filipinos some I know. cousins in LA who, like, I'm speaking, thinking of a specific friend of theirs who's, like, more cholo style. Mm-hmm. Even the way he talks, like, they love, like, the foo culture. Yeah. Have you seen the foo yeah, video? Yeah, foo's gone wild. Foo's gone wild, dude. Yeah. So funny. I love that shit. But, yeah, foo's gone wild style. And then, um, but, yeah, it was the GQ Filipinos. You know, sure. that's, a, that's that Bay Area to me. When I think of yeah. Filipinos, I think Bay Area Filipinos where it's like nice ass Jordans, mm-hmm. nice jeans, crisp shirt, yeah. very nice haircut. Like the Andrew Rolfos. Yeah, Andrew Rolfos very crisp, yeah. very clean, very smooth skin. So this is the one I'm asking about here. Yeah. So the Filipinos I know, hip hair, clothing like that, you know, break dancing kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Cool. Or were older Filipinos like that? Like, you know, I'm seeing hype beasts. So like back in the day where they're like some guys that were like crispy, like yeah. Satin suits and shit. So there, there was that too, but there was also, it depends because are you a Filipino dad or like a Filipino playboy? Mm. Like, I literally just met a Filipino playboy. Mm-hmm. I won't go too deep into it. But, to, and it's like legit, like, suave. Got, no, no, no he, yeah, he's suave. And like, the way he talks about stuff, he was like asking me about my dating situation. He's like, You're not married? You're single. You should be getting out there. Like, basically, like, <laughs> like it's like, easy and anyone if can do it. You have a, a girlfriend. He's like, basically, just keep fucking. Like, yeah. That's basically what he was saying. No rules. I'm like, damn. And like, you can tell this is coming from his real life. Like, 
Yeah, so. So here's a question. I didn't even bother to look it up, but I'm thinking of right now. Mm -hmm. Why in the 70s did Filipinos start coming here? If it was. Oh, man. Was there a bump? Did you ever know? Like, when did you. Was there a reason you guys came over there? Your family did? That's a good question. I don't fully know. I know when we moved over. That was the 90s. Yeah, it was in the 90s. So it was different than that. But, like, the full migration. I remember, like, there's different, like, versions of it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because there's some that moved over as, like, migrant farm workers. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that was. But I know there was like a post World War II like ally thing we had with the U.S. Yeah, so it was probably easy for you yeah, to immigrate. Exactly. Are we still? Was there still a thing like that? Or well, because no? the the Philippines was kind of I don't see I don't know. Uh, I if thought this, they were a territory. It of was us. almost like a U.S. territory yeah. for, and I think not anymore with the work. I don't think it it was. So, but that was after, like we got our like complete independence for a while, way mm-hmm. before Duterte, like after the the first Filipino president. Oh, which okay. was like a, a long time ago. Um, but in the 1900s, so it was like after cool. World War II sometime. Yeah. That's great. That's exactly why I want people to have great information come on the podcast. Suburban Clicks yeah. adopt the name of the BNG or the Bahala Na Bakada. I guess Bakada means gang. If you've ever. Bakada, you can also use it like crew, family, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Like there's a clothing gang that I have. It's Bakada. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, BNG family, BNG gang. The Satanas do not respect the BNG gang due to their lack of experience fighting. But the wealth of the BNG in the suburbs allows them to get weapons more than, you know. Dude, that's crazy. So they had different versions. So they had the suburban mm-hmm. one and then, like, the inner city. Yeah, and then the Chola was with the Satana guys. And they're kind of like, Damn. they're like, you guys ain't the real shit. You don't know how to fight. But then the other guy's like, yeah, well, I got a gun. I don't need to know yeah. how to fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got money. Yeah. And we can afford guns. And I kind of, I start relating way more with the new BNG kids mm. than the Satana guys. because Which one's the new BNG? The suburban Suburban thing? guys. The gotcha. GQ the non-cellos. The Satanas yeah. are the cellos. Damn, that's interesting. It's weird that they had that divide. Yeah, well, like, you know, suburban, they kind of probably didn't have, like, Mexican culture constantly surrounding them. Yeah. All the time where the guys... But they're still involved in a gang, and so mm-hmm. they do what, like, gang-related stuff they can do, but with wealth. Yeah, probably with more money, you know, Take buying cooler and... clothes, buying cooler cars, tons of Acura yeah. Integras, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Both groups do still emphasize violence and fighting rival gangs, but the suburban cliques start focusing more on partying, which is like, dude, it sounds it sounds so typical, like the way this yeah. is going. Though, yeah, it does. It's like I'm just thinking of like my high school experiences. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking of Granite Bay High School, people with nice cars and like, yeah, yeah, they're partying and they're yeah. like, yeah, he probably has a gun, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty tight, dude. Yeah, but. So the BNG cliques in America tend to focus on partying uh, more than gang conflict. Uh, but the ones in uh, the Philippines, mm-hmm. not so much. They are still fucking gnarly, especially in the prisons. Yeah. Okay, so the, so the America one, that's where the partying's happening. Yeah, the American ones are just kind of like, I mean, we're going to see what these guys do. And they kind of, what's really great is like the three guys that get in trouble. You're like, no, I, I've seen these guys. get you. They seem okay. like they be getting in trouble. Yeah, yeah. They look shitty. I'm excited. Gang growth in America is largely tied to Filipino migration doubling during the 70s and continuing to grow. Now we're to the 1980s. The division between the Filipino and American branches continue. So the Filipino branch continues to be embroiled in violent conflicts between police and rival gangs. The American branch embraces the party lifestyle over street violence. So they're kind of more just like, you know, I'm guessing going to parties, fighting people, maybe selling some drugs to Mm -hmm. your other square cousins, stuff like that, you know. Mm -hmm. Because it does seem... Well, I'll talk about that later. Well, yeah, that, I mean, that does seem like how suburban stuff even rolls now. Like, there's, it's like drug dealing and 
whatever you can do like to make more money in the suburbs yeah stuff like that yeah you know you drive around you, you beat up people but you're not like trapping on a block selling cocaine like yeah. beating people with bat bats yeah. you like fight guys with your friends mm-hmm. you know so the death of Davino. so Davino man made it for a while the guy who started the stuff yeah because Imong died and that, he, was that in the 60s I think that was in the fucking 50s dude holy shit this guy's because in the 40s Imong was yeah what an OG 50, yeah he's in the so he doesn't fuck around but his body is um, found um, in a sack floating down a river. Details are sparse. People believe it's because he fucked up a job. But uh, maybe we add sack floating down the river to our list of terrible ways to die. I think so. I will say I've heard that threat in the Philippines. Yeah? Like, not to me direct, but you hear it thrown around. It's like... Uh, like you know, your body's gonna be floating down the river in a sack or something like that. Yeah, I could see. I, I mean, that's that a shit. terrifying thing. I wonder if it got popular because of this. Vino? And they're like, "Oh, dude, that's like we should start." <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be our thing now, right? Yeah, the sack thing. That was kind of who came up with that. <laughs> but no, that sounds terrible though. Clear, it's such a scary threat. Yeah, it's a terrible. I mean, because one, I'm claustrophobic. Mm. Two, you're back to drowning again. And imagine trying to swim in a sack. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. What's the river there? You got a big ass scary river? Uh, in Manila, I forget what the main river is called, but it's a dirty ass river. Yeah, yeah, it's a dirty river. Mm-hmm. Clear evidence of torture was found in Navino's corpse. It was speculated that he de- was deliberately made to suffer a slow and painful death. In the 1980s, with Davino, um, the remaining 80s, so the end of the 80s, with Davino dead, centralized leadership is gone from the gang. Prison cliques in the Philippines continue to just demonstrate a leadership over street gangs. American cliques never really had a central leadership. It's very comparable to the 18th Street ga- gang, the BNG is. Uh, they start, you know, fighting with each other. In all, in, in the late 80s, uh, all Asian gangs start increasing during this mm. decade. So this is what I think. This mm. is why I think the BNG and stuff like that isn't quite as noticed as um, other gangs we've heard of. Mm-hmm. Is because when I've, since I've done this podcast, I've noticed if you keep your crime... And your gangs and stuff to your own culture mm-hmm. and neighborhood, mm-hmm. the cops and everything, they're still going to kind of get you in trouble, but they're not going to really get you in trouble. But then when you gotcha. start branching out to like other neighborhoods, fighting with different gangs, stuff like that, because you know, the Filipino culture, I'm guessing, is a closer culture and you stuff like that. So it's the keeping secrets in. But so, yeah. So as long as it's like contained, contained, they're I mean, contained to like a culture thing. So like, okay, well, we're going to let them do their own thing. They'll yeah. figure it well, out. Or they don't even hear about it, you know? Yeah. And I think I, maybe there's some psychology with it in the police world or any world like that. They assume that, okay, their ecosystem will figure it out. Yeah. They'll like contain themselves. Yeah. Or some racist thing where it's like, well, they haven't hurt white people yet. So yeah, yeah, kind of. Maybe that's true. Summer of the 1990s. Ooh, we get it. We start going to uh, the BNG starts to try to get a little bit bigger here. In the 1990s, 12 members of the BNG click in Stockton, California, oh. shoot up a taco stand in broad daylight. Whoa. Two people are killed. 20 plus other are injured. First of all, shooting up a taco stand. That's nobody Evil. likes that. Evil. Nobody. Look, they're so good to you. Yeah. That, that would for sure. See, this is where they're starting to probably Lose get us. some hate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah this yeah. is when they start getting known, and yeah. a little bit later, then they get on the fucking FBI's watch list. The taco stand, the taco is where it started, started, dude. And what they do next is yeah. really fucked up. These, okay. these other guys. So this makes national news because twelve members are arrested and charged at the t- at the same time. Hmm. This is crazy what they do. These guys. Each of the twelve has their nuts shocked by Filipino police. No, I'm kidding. Oh, um, God, I was going to say, like, they just brought it back, huh? <laughs> Each of the 12 is charged with 29 counts of murder, attempted murder, assault with a deadly weapon, mayhem, conspiracy, and battery. 
So those guys are done. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So the rivalry with the Seagay Seagay continue in both parts of the world. Apparently, the Seagay Seagay is here, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. The BNG sees themselves as superior because they only allow pure-blood Filipinos in the gang, whereas the Seagay Seagay is blended with Latino members in their city. So the Seagay Seagay starts to blend in with others. Mm-hmm. BNG is still straight Filipinos. Straight Filipinos. Okay. The BNG grows the most in San Francisco area in Northern California. Seagay Seagay tend to dominate the LA areas and keep their rivals out and hold in the small cliques. So then we're coming to the end right now. I'm just going to do another little summary action. Okay. This area saw the growth of BNG in the U.S. BNG is even more disorganized in the U.S. with cliques fighting each other, as well as Satanas and Latino gangs like 18th Street. During this era, BNG begins to lose ground to the CKC on the streets as well as in the prisons. This could largely explain why the gang is generally under the radar to most people as their activities are largely centered in Filipino communities and the violence doesn't spread elsewhere like it has with gangs like MS-13, the Crips, and the Blood. Mm. Only a few things bring them in the national spotlight in the U.S. like the taco stand shooting. Yeah, that was a big... The taco stand shooting, even... That's like... It sounds like that was an event in history. Yeah, I mean... Don't shoot up taco stands. That's, Dude, I, that's where the mistakes happen. I, I wonder if you could ask your parents if they remember. Were they here yet in the 80s? No. Uh, they got here in 90, Well, actually, no. My mom grew up out here. Oh. So, yeah. You should be a mom. You ever remember a taco stand shooting in Stockton with a bunch She's of like, Filipinos? Shh, shh, shh. <laughs> we tried to erase that from history. What happens next is way worse, right. dude. Oh, no. The way worse. Thing? I don't believe you, but let me hear it. This is in the 2000s. So we're coming. I guess not really. It's still 20 years ago. Jesus Christ. 2000s. The gangs begin to spread more in the United States, branching out to form cliques in Vegas, Chicago, and across the East Coast. Shabu starts to become a regular drug sold by the BNG in the Filipinos. I heard of this. Yeah. Philippines. Shabu is meth. Oh, here you go. Ooh, yeah, this is a fun one. Jeveny, what are some bad words in Tagalog? Oh, dude, there's some. What, what? Do you have any? Would you have anything for cocaine, weed, anything like that? And then we'll go into maybe. I don't remember the drug words, but I know there's like the curse word. Like I always hear like putanginamo. I think that means, mo, I think putanginamo is like son of a whore or something like that. I forget. Yeah, putanginamo. Fuck, I said now I forgot all of, all the shit that my dad would say when we we did something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Under his breath, but thang him. Yeah. Okay, so now we are at the creme del. Oh, I'm not gonna let you see them yet. Oh, dude, I, this looks like a a deadline article of like Asians <laughs> who just got cast in the thing. That's all I and all I saw was the hair. Yeah, it's the hair. <laughs> yeah. I had one of their haircuts for sure. <laughs> July 2007, the BNG makes national news due to the activities of three new members looking to make a name for themselves in the organization. Three members engage on an online fight with a victim. So these guys are almost our exact age. Oh, because they're 18. No, they're eight. These guys, these three members are 18 in 2007. Oh, wow. Okay. So they're close to us. We would have been in high school at the same time. The victim of the crime was talking trash about the BNG to these three guys. These three members find out where he lives and abduct the victim. Damn. Why? What's this guy thinking talking shit to a gang online? He probably was just like, you guys aren't as hard as you think you are. Wait, wait is this shit. guy another gang member? There's no, just he's only a 15-year-old kid. That's why I can't say his name. Oh. And wow. what they do to this kid. The BNG members proceed to nearly, not completely, sever his arm off with a bolo knife. Jeez. A bolo knife is a machete. Yeah. It's the same exact thing. The victim's arm is reportedly only held together by his bone because gang members could not sever the bone with their bolo knife. Damn. 
The gang members were charged with malicious wounding, and it was revealed during their trial that this was an initiation rite intended to make them full-fledged members of the Virginia clique. Oh, these guys actually aren't in, Sac- in Northern oh, California. Wow. Okay. The three members... Oh, actually, no, they're older than us, too. Well, one guy would have been our age. Three members were 20, 21, 18, and they attacked a 15-year-old. That's why I don't have his gang. Because if, if they're younger than 18, you can't put the name out mm-hmm. in the news? Okay. Yeah. So these are the guys. Drumroll, please. I've seen this guy before, for sure. Oh, I, for sure. I had that guy's haircut. I I used to break dance with that guy. Yeah, this guy seems normal. <laughs> These guys seem like trouble. This guy seems like trouble. Dude, that's crazy, man. I so they this. got caught though. Yeah, they all got caught. They're in jail. Fuck. Still. I mean, yeah, I went I went to a high school version of all three of these guys. They look like shitheads. How can we describe this guy? I mean, I don't know, man. Like I, I feel like whatever I say, he's going to be mad. <laughs> like, you know when you crack a joke and yeah. then, like, you know the guy's mad at Like, yeah, I'm joking, man. I picture him wearing a tall tee, <laughs> maybe some yeah. Gerbo jeans, some <laughs> dirty white Air Force Ones. He's got a crop haircut, looks very stoned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to make sure, like, they know that I'm joking because I want to keep my arm. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like, Whoa. when do they get out? That's the thing. Like, so when you said, how do I describe him? Seems like handsome. a nice guy. <laughs> Seems forgiving. <laughs> Understanding. Forgiving. <laughs> Empathetic. Empathetic. Seems like he has a good sense of humor to me. <laughs> Loves you can roasts. take a joke. You can take a joke. <laughs> this yeah. guy right here, he uh, looks a little more Hispanic. This guy, yeah. he just does not look like he'd be hacking someone's shirt off. Honestly, dude, the spiky hair guy, like, I was probably friends with him at a certain age. Yeah. We would, like, for sure, watch anime, play video games till six in the morning. Mm-hmm. But then when you're at school, like your heart is fuck. But yeah. like at sleepovers, like he was, <laughs> he's giggling. Yeah, he opened up in pizza pockets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, 2008. A copy of Gang Task Force Manual from this year is put online for the Glenview Police Department. The manual details how to spot and detect Filipino gangs. This Whoa. is one of my favorite things. Yeah, their, their, what they look like. I want to hear this. Labels BNG as a minor threat in LA area due to their focus on Northern California. The Satanas is labeled as the strongest Filipino gang in the LA area. Filipino gangs are listed as the second most prevalent gang after Chinese gangs. Good job. Hell yeah. Take I that, think. Yakuza. Yeah, we did it. The ages range normally from 18 to 25, and members over 30 being labeled as seniors in all the Filipino gangs, the Satanas, the CACA, and the BNG. Hmm. Labels BNG as the biggest Filipino gang in the San Francisco area and mentions that they are by far the most likely to commit violent acts out of all the Filipino gangs in the area. This Oh, this is great. They fully describe the Filipino gang Dude, style. I'm so ready for th- I, I, I want to... I'm reading some of it right now. Yeah, like, see I wanna, like, if you think of a guy in yeah, your head. Yeah, yeah. So their hairstyles will be a pompadour with a long flip or a tail, a shaved head, or a close bud, buzz. A hat with maybe some gang initials, very colorful dress shirts that are left untucked, mm. dark baggy pants, Vans, shoes, Dude. always. Keep in mind this is Dude. 2008. I know this guy. <laughs> like legit know this guy. Yeah. So if you see some Filipinos dressed this way. Vans, I like how it says Vans shoes. Always. always. It's not even Vans shoes. Contendu. Mm. It's like literally this guy showers in his Vans <laughs> shoes. If he puts on Adidas, he will get his arm <laughs> almost severed off. <laughs> the Filipino gangs in the LAR are consistently fighting with Latino gangs. Graffiti and tattoos are common amongst most Filipino gangs. This is the Bahala Na gang tattoo. Damn. I like the lettering. It's pretty good. Kind of like the tribal question letter. Mark, question mark. Terrible. Yeah. That's I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Again. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Shouldn't do that one. My, I'm not going to cut it, but you don't say anything. <laughs> okay. This is more of a, um, I believe, a Filipino kind of one, like the Philippines. Yeah. Not bad. Intimidating. That reminds me of the, like it looks like a DMX album. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. It looks like yeah. It does look like that one. This yeah. one, it's just a B and G kind of done. Looks like with a just not old English, but like a variance of an old English thing. Mm-hmm. I would say intimidating if I saw that someone with that tattoo on their back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he it looks like he's also wearing a rosary too. So it's it's cool that they're all like still like. Well, you're not supposed to wear rosaries. You're not. It's not a necklace. Oh, interesting. Because it has the one. You see the the one hole right there. One, two, three. Rosary. It doesn't come off though. Yeah. Damn, I don't know what he's snap. wearing then. But no, it's it a rosary. Like, oh, yeah. People wear rosaries. I just but don't think you're supposed, supposed to. to. Filipinos would, though. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, you don't know how... Filipinos are very Catholic. I know, but I don't it's think... Very Catholic. I don't, but nuns don't wear them. Like, I don't think you're supposed to wear it. I think you're supposed to keep it in your hand or your pocket. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, if you didn't have a necklace, and that we'll was the only necklace it. you have. Um, this, is the, this is their BNG Facebook group. You know. Um, I would describe it to that. You don't have to say anything because you're a little closer to the culture. <laughs> yeah. This one, it's like a Filipino Viking, two axes. I go, everything looks pretty sinister. I mean, it looks a little Celtic. There's a lot of Celtic stuff on the sides. Um, so this was taken from a Facebook group that uh, is a public Facebook group of a click based in Northern Oh, California. wait, that's still today? Yeah, yeah. This, is their, this was a Facebook oh, group. Oh, snap. This is what they were using as their thing. Whoa. Pretty good. I just don't like this guy. I mean, the part that has like chapter reminds me of the uh, what's the there's a thing out here that's like uh, like motorcycle riders thing. Hell's Angels. Uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, I, I can't think of the name right now. I went to a fucking bar today and there were six guys. Hell's uh, Angels. It was like a it was like another gang, like another biker gang, but like they were real because they had two guys that had the prospect patch on it. Yeah. And he had none of the stuff, so I was like, oh, they gotta be. And I went in the bathroom. It was kind of like you ever, you ever go to a shitty bath or a shitty bar and there's like chalkboards in the bathroom. Oh yeah, for yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so, like, so, and then in my head, I'm always like, I don't want to touch the chalk because some guy's cock was touching. He his touched, hand. yeah, touch his dick, touching the chalk. Now, by so, degree of separation, yeah, he and touched so, his cock. Yeah, and so by degree, of, I'm sucking on his cock because I'm eating Basically. the chalk. Um, yeah. some guy wrote on the chalkboard, "Don't look at me, you faggot." That was on the chalkboard. That was all he wrote with with wiener <laughs> chalk. What what happened in there? Yeah, yeah. Like, so and who's that message for? So weird. Yeah. Only Filipino and Chinese gangs regularly use graffiti and tattoos as identifiers amongst Asian gangs in America. The BNG clique in San Francisco are separated by dialect and region of the Philippines that members and their families come from. So like he said, the reason that these guys weren't getting in trouble for a long time is because they fight each other. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, you're still in the BNG, but I'm fighting someone from Manila because I'm from wherever your dad's. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so they're they're... A lot of their crimes are directed Kept at in-house, Filipinos. You know, interesting. And that's if you don't want to get in trouble. But they also fight a lot of 18th Street gang, mainly in Southern California. Okay. And then I already said that part about the thing of you don't get in trouble if you don't attack yeah. people. That's yeah. thing. The BNG doesn't really experience uh, much notoriety in the 2000s beyond the arm severing incident. Good incident though. It's weird that uh, yeah, it was a good incident. Taco stand shooting. Yeah. Not. I almost feel like. That one's worse than the arm severing thing. Taco like, sand? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's not, but emotionally. It's like killing someone at church. It's like, this is a holy place. Yeah. It's like shooting a dog. It's like shooting a dog. Who could do that? You. F- you I'm not going to yell at you guys. You're yeah. still kind of scared. Yeah. They're yeah. hopping people's arms off and shooting up tacos. True. Um, the 2010s to now. 2011, BNG makes it to the FBI's list for national gang threat assessment. Yeah. Congrats to them. That's a big moment. It's a good good day for the gang. From, those, a, from their first reviews as psychopathic in nature, took them 50 years and they did it. <laughs> Congrats, guys. Good job. <laughs> the past decade has been relatively quiet for the gang in America. Violence in, is mainly in the San Francisco area where BNG-related shootings and drug traffickings happen regularly. 
Their activities are not enough to catch national spotlights since the arm-severing incident. 2016, we're going to go back to oh, the Philippines. That's not, my, that's pretty, not a Filipino accent. It's getting pretty accent. Yeah. I, I felt it. 2016, Rodrigo Duterte. I said Duterte. Uh, Duterte. Duterte. Yeah, not bad. Duterte. See, this is my thing. I kind of Italian. Yeah, you're right. Well, see, okay, see, I always feel like, okay, doing like a Spanish accent mm-hmm. or Filipino accent outside of speaking Spanish or Tagalog yeah. is, is bad. <laughs> so then I feel like sometimes when I'm trying to speak another language, this is a little, I yeah. should just be plain Jane. I don't, yeah, I've seen that where like. I'm uh, like, I should just not like, do Like, do anything. you try the accent yes. or not? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I've I've Because I did something in France where I was like. Saying my name more French, or like, dude, just fucking say your name. Yeah, I was like, I don't know, dude. Like, but then I feel like I'm just trying guy. to please you. Yeah, but then you say their thing wrong. They're like, that is not how you say it. Don't I you think do? it? Yeah, exactly. That's it's why like, at the end of the day, you just do it how you're yeah. gonna do it because someone's gonna be mad. Yeah, but hey, man, I, that yeah, that is a wonderful thing to say about anything. Yeah, that's your just want to get buy your sam- friend a better sandwich. You had the other exactly, dude. Thanks, man. I'm glad I have one now. I'm I'm back to doing comedy. Just do whatever you need to do because someone's gonna get mad. Either way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, 2016, Rodrigo Duterte is elected as president of the Philippines and his administration comes hard after all gangs and drugs. Now, like I said earlier, uh, I've heard some Filipinos really liked Duterte. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's kind of like however you feel about Trump. You know, some yeah, people right. were like, how could anyone ever? He was president. Yeah. Same with Duterte. He got elected. There's a lot of people that really rocked with him. Oh, was it? Do they have actual elections there? It's yeah. not like weirdo shit. No, they do. But I mean, I think there's there was some documentary my family's watching. I'm sure there's like some things going on that are sketchier in the mm-hmm. in the government there. There's definitely that stuff happening. But like, um, the story that people really liked, he was almost like, if you liked him, I think the narrative was that he was like this Robin Hood, mm-hmm. clean like guy who came up from sort of like a poor thing, a everyman, and he was cleaning up the streets in the Philippines. Yeah, because. I think he had he held some office that was more um, let's say like city rather than national, mm-hmm. and he did the same thing there, which is like went really hard on like, it's like drugs. a mayor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then so people saw that and they're like, oh yeah, he's gonna do that with the country, and, and so and that's why he went that way. So now like, but there is a lot of controversy in the sense of like journalists who were killed or silence. Yeah. So that's the yeah. But if you're like, I'm not a journalist or someone who does meth. I don't really care then that he's And that's the thing too because some people let's say your 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 community's been really like fucked up for mm-hmm. a long time they don't care how you get it done they just want to get it done. So but but there's also other stuff like on the other side that I don't really know. But that's the thing I've heard for the people who are praising him. Cool. This sends ripples throughout the criminal community and he takes a zero tolerance policy on drugs and gang activity. Since coming into power, Duterte has denied prisoner rights and proceeded to overcrowd prisons. Prisons meant to hold under 1,000 inmates currently have well over 3,000 inmates. Medications mm-hmm. are denied to prisoners. Late 2015, one prison had a tuberculosis outbreak that ended up killing several BNG prison gang members. October of 2016, six members of the BNG are gunned down by police for selling and distributing meth. So that's a big thing he did that he's is zero. To, when, when we say zero tolerance, it means death. Mm-hmm. So if you're dealing drugs, you get caught with drugs, you will die unless probably you have a prominent family. And then mm-hmm. if you're in a gang, you will be killed or taken to jail with no, 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 no anything. Yeah, he, he, I, I don't know. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't want to say too much on Duterte because yeah. it's like it's pretty divisive or whatever. But I think like 
like I said, the people who love him, love him for that stuff. Like, oh, he's going to get mm-hmm. shit done. But also, it's like the ways that he's doing Yeah, it's stuff. pretty shady. Yeah, it's pretty shady. Or like, it's, you know, to some people. There, there's, a, there's a good documentary. I'm trying to remember who it is. Like, this journalist really spoke up about him. And um, they died, right? I don't know what, I forget what happened to them, but it was like really a risk for them to do that because they could die. And, or if they escape, then they, he'd probably go yeah. after, or he could, or someone would go after their family. So too. it really threatens just like, mm-hmm. you know, free speech, like a basic right out there. So yeah, <sighs> getting real. June 2017, a riot broke out in the Metro Manila jail between BNG members and the Seagay Seagay. The riot happened due to a power outage. As soon as the power was out, the gangs rushed each other and began fighting. Damn. Prison guards were completely unable to stop the gang clash, mainly because, uh, the prisons are way too overpacked for these prison guards to even mm-hmm. do anything. One member from each gang died, and 17 inmates had injuries that needed to be tri- treated. Shivs were employed by both sides, as both sides had members with several stab Jeez. wounds. Woo. August 2017. Across Manila, 25 different gang members are killed in shootouts with police during various drug busts and crack- gang crackdowns. November 2017. A riot breaks out in Quezon City Jail. Did I say that right? Quezon City. Quezon City. That's actually where I was born. Really? That's Quezon cool. City. It's near Manila. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yep. While BNG members were taking a member having a seizure to get medical help. While transporting the seizing gang member, they actually spilled a pail of water on a rival gang member. The rival gang member woke up and began fighting, and a brawl broke out between the BNG members and a rival gang. They attacked each other with chairs and rocks, and ultimately a BNG member died from his injuries during the fight. Now, this next picture is I'm going to show you what f- the Philippine jails are like. Oh, my God. I can already kind of imagine, but yeah. I don't. I, I think what really gets me yeah. is after you watch it for a while, you'll actually... I don't even want to say it. I'll tell you in a second. Yeah, yeah, all right. So, okay, so this is them, right? Wait, no, this isn't... This, this is, is just regular? This is jail. Jeez. This is a fucking staircase, guy. Oh, my God. Each guy gets to sleep on a stair. Dude. I mean, if you're claustrophobic now... Dude, this is an apartment in L.A. This is like, you know what I mean? This is how you save. But like, legit, if you're claustrophobic now, dude, this this makes me feel like, ugh, like. So what we're looking at is a pink, um, like stair stairwell. Stairwell. Let's think of it just old concrete stairwell. It reminds me of old like school, like an yeah. old school. The way that the mm-hmm. the handrail, the handrail, is. yep. Yeah. And then each guy gets to sleep on a stair. Yeah, dude. So if you could imagine how fucking uncomfortable that would be to be sleeping on a stair with a guy above you and a guy below you. That's inhumane for sure. That's crazy. Amazing. Amazing stuff. This is jail? Yeah, this is gang members are crowded in the Filipino jail. You can see why a fight would break out. Oh, yeah. 6, 2018. Eight BNG members are arrested for trafficking shabu, methamphetamine. Shabu seems to be the most popular drug currently in the Philippines, probably because it's cheap. Anyone can make it. There's stuff you can get anywhere. Currently, the Philippines have a zero tolerance policy against drug dealers and distributors. It is estimated that President Duterte is responsible for the death of at least 12,000 Filipino gang members, drug dealers, drug dealers, and drug users since he came into power. The BNG still has cliques operating Filipino prisons on the streets of the Philippines and in many places across the U.S., but they are not nearly as fair today as they were in the 1960s. Uh, during the golden era of the mm. gangs. And this right here is an American gang. That's kind of sick. That's kind of sick, dude. Yeah, they've I really mean, upgraded that. The, the, uh, the style? Yeah, so it's kind of... Yeah, it's a great jacket. Dude, I, if somebody was selling that and I didn't mm-hmm. know anything about it, I'd be like, yeah, If you're like, right. just Philip, it was just Tagalog? Yeah. 
because they got sick. they got the question mark good. Oh yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. The other one was kind of like was it like backwards before this? The other one was kind of like the comedy spots one. <laughs> Like it really was. Yeah. This one is like a fucking. I've never even seen it before. It's like Damn. a old English kind of. So if you guys watch it's my sick. yeah, it's kind of it's a sick ass jacket. It's like a black jean jacket. But also, you know, maybe the other one was sick back then. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this yeah, looks right. cool because we're the here face today. Now. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. So if you guys want to see any of the pictures of these guys, I do put it in my videos. Um, so check my Instagram out. Jr. Thank you for doing the podcast, Dude, buddy. Thanks for, for thanks for really doing it. Hopefully you learned some stuff. Hopefully I didn't say I anything did. too stupid. I think we're good. All right, buddy. Thanks very much. How can people go uh, get a hold of you? Uh, check out your stuff. Well, Instagram jrdguz, um, YouTube. Just look up my name. Yeah, just look up his yeah. name. I got a podcast too, Bits and Beats. Check it's, it all uh, out. It's a musical yeah. thing, right? Yeah, we're making basically. You should get on it. Yeah, yeah, I'll have you on it. I would love to. I would basically all interview you and we make a beat based on the interview at the end just, awesome. it gets real silly sounds fun i've seen the clips and they look good yeah it's those gotta pop off soon yeah all right buddy thank you very much thanks for having me peace